Thank you for tuning into sermons from Liberty Baptist Church in Newport Beach, California. Our goal is to help you know God more and take the next step in your spiritual journey, no matter where you're at. If you have questions about God or about Liberty, you can connect with us at libertybaptistchurch.org. We pray that the Lord will use this message to be a help and encouragement in your life. A couple of years ago, I fell and broke my hip. I could walk up those stairs by myself, maybe. But I'm not going to take any chances, amen. <laughs> it would uh, certainly be superfluous for me today to say that I am happy to be here. Because at my age, I am happy to be anywhere in the world, okay? <laughs> a few years ago, a few months ago, actually, uh, I was in Lewis Avenue Baptist Church in Michigan, and uh, we had eaten dinner in the basement, the missionaries, and myself, and the pastors. And uh, I was going up the stairs to the auditorium, and at the top of the stairs, there was a beautiful little girl. Uh, her parents, uh, her, her dad's name was uh, Jonathan Fisher, brother Doug Fisher's daughter, uh, son and their missionaries in Alaska. And she looked at me, and she was probably about nine or 10 years old, something like that. And she said, sir, you look old. <laughs> and I said, well, hon, the reason I look old is because I am old, okay? <laughs> and a few months after that, I, I was in uh, the church in Wilson, North Carolina, by the Joe Shakur and his wife. And his wife had been reared up in the uh, Temple Baptist Church in Herndon, Virginia, where I go every year for a mission conference. And uh, we were eating dinner, and she's probably mid-30s, early 40s, something of that nature. But she said, Brother Sisk, I remember you coming to our church when I was just a little girl. And she said, you were old then, okay? <laughs> So, Pastor, I've been old a long time, okay? You imagine uh, when he was a little boy, I was there in his church, okay? So I've been old a long time, okay? But it is a great joy to be here with you at Liberty Baptist Church. And uh, for uh, several years, I've, I've preached mission conferences here, and, and uh, you people have been supporting me for many, many years. So I've got good news for you, okay? Uh, you won't have to support me much longer. I'm 88 years old, and the rapture may happen any moment. So when one of those things happen, you can stop the support, okay? But uh, thank you for your faithful support for all these years. Now I'm going to read Proverbs 31. Now, ladies, don't, don't get nervous, okay? I'm not going to expect any of you to live up to this, okay? But uh, Proverbs 31, and I, I want us eventually to think about just the um, characters of a godly woman, a godly mother. Uh, I talked to pastor last week, and I was thinking about preaching on missions, just, just, and then I got thinking the day before yesterday. Uh, all the mothers there today, they're not going to want some old war-out missionary to preach on missions on Mother's Day. So I'm not sure what I'll do today will be called a sermon, okay? But I hope we can have some fun with it, okay? And I uh, hope God will speak to some hearts of some mothers today. Uh, Proverbs 31. And notice, if you will, 
beginning with verse 10. The question, who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? I've marked in the margin of my Bible by that verse. I did. That's a good verse. Who can find a virtuous woman? And then notice the heart of her husband does safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. And she seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like a merchant's ship. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth up also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field and buyeth it. And with the fruit of her hands, she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her line, loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth out, not out by night. She layeth her hand to the spittle and the hands to the staff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow, for her household, for all her household, are clothed. And she maketh herself coverings of trespassing. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates, and when he setteth among the elders of the land, she maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles unto the merchants. Stretch, strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in the time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and each and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord she shall be praised. Here's some good advice. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. I have known several wonderful mothers. My mother, very difficult time. Uh, I was born in 1933. May the 30th. By the way, mark that down. My birthday's coming up real soon, okay? <laughs> but May the 30th, I'll be 88 years old. You figure that out, okay? And I know it surprised some of you when I said I'm 88. And you probably thought I was 108, okay? But uh, uh, my mother, of course, when I was born, it was right in the middle of the depressions. And I can remember how hard she worked. And she had a very difficult life. Very faithful to my husband, very faithful to her children. And uh, my dad was a coal miner, worked real hard, 
had a very difficult life. Uh, and he, all week long, he'd work and be very kind to everybody, but every weekend he got drunk. And uh, the, the home was very, very miserable. And my mother had every right in the world to divorce my dad. But thank God she didn't. And uh, when he was 57 years old, he got saved. That's one of the greatest days of my life. My, my, my mother, she died young uh, of breast cancer. I think she was maybe in her, in her mid-50s and so forth. She, but a wonder, wonderful mother. I think of her today. Uh, I think of my mother-in-law. And uh, I read this passage at my mother-in-law's funeral. When she was 100 years old, we all got together, and, and uh, she said to the group, uh, she said, now, when I die, I want Don to be my pastor. Now, she had a pastor, okay? But I knew what she meant. She wanted me to preach her funeral. And when I did, there was 119 descendants from her at that funeral. You know, grandchildren, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren, and on and on and on. And all of them were not there. I, I got up in that church that day, and I said, now, if any of you wonder why I'm here, I'm here because Nanny said she wanted me to preach her funeral. And I said, now, the Carlton family was a democracy, but Nanny had this, the, the, the vote that descended on them all. Amen. She had the deciding vote, okay? And uh, but that was a great thing. My, my, my mother-in-law. By the way, I tell young people all the time, be careful how you choose your mother-in-law. <laughs> my mother-in-law lived to be 106 years old. <laughs> Mother-in-laws last a long time, okay? <clears throat> <clears throat> so, so be careful how you, how you choose your mother-in-law. But the mother I know more about than any of, <clears throat> any of those was my, my dear wife, who was such a wonderful, wonderful wife and a wonderful mother. You read Proverbs 31, and a lot of times I, most of you ladies could say, good night, Don. You know, I, I don't match up with that. Let me read you a paragraph from a book that was written by Liz Curtis Higgs. She's written a lot of books. One of them is The Bad Girls of the Bible. That's an interesting book, okay? Uh, but here's what she writes. The ideal woman was described 2,500 years ago in Proverbs 31, and she is intimidating her sisters ever since. O.S. Hawkins said of this woman, this wonder woman gets up before dawn and stays busy until the early hours of the next morning. We have developed a mental image of her. She has the looks of a movie star, the domestic abilities of the master of chef, the stamina of a world-class athlete, the intellect of a professor, professor with a PhD, the tenacity of a political operative, the wisdom of a godly missionary, the sensitivity of Mother Teresa, the business sense of a famous 500 executive, the grace of an adequate expert, and the spirituality of the Virgin Mary. Wow. Then she concludes, no wonder so many women go home sad on Mother's Day after the message. <laughs> <clears throat> Mother's Day. By the way, 
All mothers are not like Proverbs 31. Uh, <clears throat> I found it very interesting recently in reading through the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 1. And think about some mothers that are mentioned there. One of them was named Tamar. Now, you might not be real familiar with her, but her story would make a good soap opera, okay? Uh, she gave birth to two children by her father-in-law, Tamar. But she became the mother of some very famous people, and she's in the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then there is a mother by the name of Rahab. Rahab, the prostitute, okay? Uh, Rahab was the mother of Boaz, the kinsman redeemer in the book of Ruth. Then you have a woman by the name of Bathsheba. These are all in the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ. Bathsheba. And you remember the story of David and Bathsheba. So I think as I read that list, and I read Proverbs 31, I got to thinking. It's not as important of who you were as it is who you are now. And when, when you read that list, and when most of us look back on our lives, are we not grateful that our great God is a God of mercy and of second chances? So it does not matter what you were. Uh, what matters is what you are and what you are becoming. Let me read a passage from the New Testament for you for just a minute. You turn there with me, if you would, to a, a Titus chapter, chapter 2. And, and just, just a couple of verses, but in Titus chapter 2, we find what a New Testament mother ought to be like. And um, verse 1 says, but speak thou the things which become a sound doctrine. By the way, aren't we glad that we still believe the Bible? Doesn't matter what culture says that we're supposed to be or not be and so forth. And, uh, but we still have the Word of God. And the Word of God is the infallible and errant, inspired Word of God. And it is profitable for every generation. Titus chapter 2. <clears throat> is just as profitable for 2021 as it was in the first century when it was written. Notice what it says, that the aged man be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith and charity and in patience. Uh, that's a hard job, man, okay. We're not going to preach on that today, but that's good, okay. Now, the aged women, by the way, it's not talking about old women. It's basically it's talking about um, women that are old enough to be married, okay? <clears throat> the aged women, likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness. 
not false accusers, not gossipers, not given to much wine, okay, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children. That's a good thing, amen. Uh, do, do you have a class here on how to love your husband? No. That class is to be taught in the homes. And by the way, mothers, the way you treat your husband, you're teaching your daughters how to treat their husbands, okay? Now, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home. Would you underline that verse in your Bible? Keepers at home. Now, I know this is not real popular in the 21st century, okay? But I believe from the depth of my heart that the greatest job of a mother is her home. Now, I know that's not real popular, okay? And I know that of necessity, some of you mothers work outside of the home and so forth. But I don't know that there's anything more important in our generation than some godly mothers that will rear their children for the glory of God. Keepers at home. Good, obedient to their own husband, that the word of God be not blasphemed. There's some good advice for mothers. Now, using Proverbs 31, not as a tool to beat somebody over the head with this morning, okay? But there are some great characteristics of a godly woman in this chapter. And we're going to look at, at just a, a, a few of them. Uh, I, I, I think so often when you think of mothers, of Mary. Can you imagine what that teenage girl had to go through? You know, the angel appeared to her. Hell! You know, all of that. <laughs> Mary shocked to death. And uh, you're going to bear a son. How can that be? I'm a virgin. I've never known a man. The Holy Ghost will come upon you. Mary... A teenager, not married. You're going to become pregnant. You remember what Mary's response was? Here I am. I'm your handmaid. Do with me whatever you want to do. And thank God she was a wonderful mother. We see her several times in the Bible. I'll not go over them, but you've read it. I think one of the most difficult things when we find Mary standing at the foot of the cross watching Jesus being crucified, beaten, mocked, spit upon. Can you imagine the heartache of a mother? By the way, there's many great days of joy for mothers 
I think of those mothers that were here with those little children this morning. Uh, they, they'll always look back on that day and it's a fun day, a wonderful day. But uh, godly mothers many times suffer heartaches that no, nobody else could ever know. We as men, uh, we, we have no idea what our wives and our mothers go through. So you study the life of Mary. Imagine raising the Son of God, Jesus Christ. But she did it, and she did it well. So let's look at some characteristics of a godly mother. I think the first characteristic has to be this. To be a godly mother, one must know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And by the way, uh, that's not just for mothers here this morning, but that's for all of us, whether we're here in the auditorium or listening online or wherever it might be heard. Uh, we cannot be anything we need to be until we become a born-again child of God. So if I am to be a godly mother, and I, I will not be, okay? <laughs> but if you are to be a godly mother, number one, you must know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because in reality, when you are rearing children as a mother, okay, you are not rearing them just for a lifetime, but for eternity. And if you do not know Jesus Christ yourself, then it would be very difficult, if not impossible, for you to share Jesus Christ with your children. By the way, if you're not saved this morning, you could go home a new mother, a new creature. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So the first characteristic that is absolute necessity in order to be a godly mother is to know that you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. And by the way, that is a personal experience. Nobody can trust Jesus Christ for you. I never will forget asking a man in Paducah, Kentucky one time, do you know you're saved and going to heaven? And he said, well, I'll have to write home and ask my mother. And I said, if you have to write home and ask your mother, I can tell you, okay? No, 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 it's a personal experience. It's something that you do yourself. I remember going to church at a Youth for Christ meeting in 1949 as a 16-year-old boy. And I went to church on my way to hell. And I went home that night on my way to heaven. What changed it? I came to the realization with the help of a Baptist preacher and I knew this, that I was a sinner. I didn't have any problem with that. I knew that I was a sinner, that the Bible teaches all have sinned, come short of the glory of God, regardless of 
who you are this morning, you have sinned. There's none righteous, no, not one. All we like sheep have gone astray, but thank God he's laid upon Jesus the sins of all of us. So we're all sinners, I knew that. If you died in your sin, you go to hell. I knew that. I used to lay in my bed as a teenager and think, I hope I don't die tonight. If I died tonight, I'd go to hell. I hadn't been to church very much, but I'd been there enough to hear about hell. And, and I, I think, I hope I don't die tonight. I knew that if I died in my sin, I'd go to hell. But thank God I knew that Jesus had died for my sins. I heard an old-fashioned Methodist preacher come through our town one time. He preached a wonderful message on the vicarious suffering of Jesus Christ. So I knew I was a sinner. I knew I, if I died in my sin, I'd go to hell. I, I knew that Jesus Christ had died for my sins. But I never confronted with, how do you know you're saved and going to heaven? And then that night, that Baptist preacher showed me Romans 10, 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Isn't that wonderful? For whosoever, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what you've done, it doesn't matter how young or how old you are, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that night I bowed my head Ask Jesus Christ to be my Lord and my Savior. I didn't feel any liquid love. I didn't see any lights flashing. But when I got up off my knees that night, I had a peace in my heart I had never known before, and thank God I've never lost the joy of having it. You know what I found that day? I went to church on my way to hell. I went home on my way to heaven. That's a big difference, amen? I lay on that same bed that night and thought, I may die tonight, but if I die tonight, I'll go to heaven. That's a wonderful thing. If you're here this morning and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior at the end of this service, we'll be given an invitation. And somebody would be more than happy to take the Bible, God's Word, and show you how you can know you're saved and going to heaven. If you've never had that personal experience of trusting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I trust this will be the good hour when you'll do that. By the way, that's not just for mothers. That's for everyone. So a godly mother, number one, would have to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Then look at verse 11 in our text. Verse 11. And let's, let's notice some characteristics. In verse 11, the Bible says, the heart of her husband does safely trust in her so that he shall not, that he have no need of spoil. No, you don't, you don't have to worry about it. So write down the word trustworthy. Trustworthy. She is trustworthy. Uh, her, her husband can trust her. He, he doesn't have to go to work and wonder 
uh, what my wife is going to be doing. I, I wonder if she's going to be going with some other man. No, 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 no. She lived such a life. She's such a godly woman that he can trust her. So she's a trustworthy lady. By the way, you can be trustworthy. It doesn't matter who you are. You can be trustworthy. Again, she was devoted. Look at verse 12. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. Look over in verse 23. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She is a devoted person. A good godly mother is someone who is devoted, number one. She is devoted to her husband. I'll never forget Thanksgiving night, 1954. Now, that's back in the dark ages, amen? It's real dark for most of you. You weren't even born yet, okay? But 1954, I, and by the way, it was Thanksgiving night, 1954. I, I have no idea, but Black Oak Baptist Church always had a Thanksgiving service on Thanksgiving night. I, I don't know why anymore we'd be so full of turkey, wouldn't be any need to go in there. But that was the night when I went forward and I told my pastor, or the man that was working at the altar, Brother Durwood Humble, I said, I know God's called me to preach. Now, I never will forget to make this thing. I know God's called me to preach. But I don't know how I can be a preacher. And I remember what Brother Humble said. He said, Don, how'd you get saved? I said, I got saved by the grace of God. He said, okay, if you ever be a preacher, You'll have to do it by the grace of God, amen? And that was good advice in 1954, and that's good advice in 2021. Three weeks later on Sunday night, Virginia went forward in that same church. And here's a commitment she made that night. She said, since God has called on to be a preacher, then I want to be the best wife I can possibly be so he can be all he needs to be as a preacher. Wow. Think about it. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders. In other words, her husband can be all that he needs to be because she is all that he needs in a wife. I read a proverb, chapter in Proverbs every day. And when I get to that proverb where it says, he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. I often think, Brother Thompson, I, I don't know, okay. If they shouldn't have put, he that findeth a good wife findeth a good thing. Okay. Because there's a lot of men that's found a wife, but it wasn't good, Okay. But the right kind of wife, I think that's what the whole thing means. He that findeth the right kind of wife findeth a good thing. I couldn't help at the memorial service for Virginia but think 
if anyone ever kept a commitment, it was that commitment she made that night. Trustworthy, devoted. Devoted to her husband. Devoted to her children. Mom, biggest job you have is to be a devoted mother to your children. Then I think of the word trustworthy, the word devoted. Now think of the word diligence. <laughs> I looked at it verse 17 through 19, okay? She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hand to the spittle, and her hands hold the distaff. Diligence, a worker, a worker. Sad thing today is everybody's looking for an easy way to do something. There is no easy way to be a mother, amen. It demands a lot of work. Uh, again, uh, she, she's a good shopper. She's frugal. She, she knows how to buy things. I never will forget shopping with Virginia, and I hate shopping. But I like eating. So I shopped with her so she'd cook for me, okay? But we'd be shopping. She'd find something she liked, and I said, well, hon, go ahead and buy it. You know what she'd say? No, it's not on sale. I said, sure it is. Right there, it's in the store. They'll sell it to you. <laughs> and uh, what she meant was, you know, it's not 40% off or 50% off or something. Yeah. But uh, that, she, she's, a, she's diligent. Takes, takes good care of the things that, that God's put in her hand. She knows and loves her place. Hey, mothers, don't ever let anybody tell you that what you're doing as a mother is not important. I made a horrible mistake one time preaching on missions. And I, I used that verse in 2 Corinthians 7, 9, every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. And I said, now everybody ought to give something to missions every week above their tithe and offering. Everybody. And I, I said, now my wife don't work but she does have her own faith promise giving. And I got home that day, and I had a good sermon from my wife. <laughs> I do work. If I didn't, your clothes wouldn't be clean. You wouldn't have food to eat. Your house would be a... And I learned. Then I would say, now my wife has never worked outside of the home for a salary, <laughs> okay? But uh, don't, don't let anybody tell you that what you're doing as a mother is not essential. She knows and loves her place. Not like this, she's a giver. She, she takes care of the poor. And, you know, maybe you don't have a lot. Maybe you have much. But regardless of what it is, we all ought to be givers. 
You know, the Bible, Jesus made this statement. It's a great statement. It is more blessed to give than to receive. But this woman in Proverbs 35, Proverbs 31, she was a, a giver. She, she took care of poor people who couldn't take care of themselves. A giver. She was dependable. Verses 15, 21, 27. I'm going to read all of them. But think about it. She was dependable. She could be depended on. Far more important than what you were is what you are and what you are becoming. This might be a good day for a lot of mothers and along with your husband. Just take each other by the hand. Commit yourself to be the best mother, the best father you can be to your children. This may be a good time for some children maybe to rethink some things that they think about their mother and give them a little more honor and respect and praise as they so rightly deserve. I read this story the other day about Ben Carson, Benjamin Carson. Can, uh, can, uh, uh, Carson, yeah a renowned neurosurgeon. He told the story about he had a brother by the name of Curtis. And his mother, every two weeks, demanded that they read a book and write a book report for her. <laughs> Think about that. Not for school, but for her. And, and Ben Carson said later, I didn't know till many years later that my mother was illiterate. She couldn't read. <laughs> they turned in all those book reports and they thought she was reading them. But even though she was illiterate herself, she was determined. I want my children to be well-educated. I want them to be diligent in their work. When my wife had a brain tumor, never forget, we had a, one of the most renowned neurosurgeons in the whole world, Dr. Gabriel Hunt, was her surgeon. That was a miracle, the way that worked out. He works at Cedars-Sinai. I learned later that Gabriel Hunt's mother also had another son that worked at Cedar sinai He was an orthopedic surgeon and a single mom in Chicago had raised those two boys, both of them world-known, renowned surgeons. You never know. You never know what that little child... I, 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 I love babies, amen. We all love babies, sometimes. <laughs> okay. And, and I couldn't help but think, Brother Thompson, you never know what those little boys and those little girls may become. 
Mother, you have no idea how greatly God is using you in the lives of your children. Mom, what a wonderful name. Mother, what a wonderful name. What a great honor. No greater honor could be come to a woman than to be called mother. Let's bow our heads for prayers. I'm going to ask Pastor Thompson to come. And he'll lead us in a word of prayer. Then he'll conduct the invitation as God leads him. This might be a good day for some others to make some decisions. Maybe I haven't been all I need to be. Maybe a good day for some mothers to get saved. Maybe a good day for some husbands to determine how important your wife, the mother of your children, are to you. To let them know that today. Thank you for listening to Messages from Liberty. Tune in next week for more Bible teaching or subscribe on iTunes to stay up to date with our current series.